this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. And Claire, right before we hit record, look what I found. I'm holding up. Oh, <laughs> our planners <laughs> from our last trip to LA. I feel like all we do lately is reminisce about the last trip that we, we ever took before the pandemic. I feel like this is such this like, you know, everyone in the US and like a lot of people around the world have that moment of like, where were you when yeah. you found out about 9-11? Yeah. We're all going to have that moment of like, what's the last thing you did before COVID? Mm-hmm. And I will always, I'm going to repeat it again. The last thing I did before COVID shut down, everything down was I saw Middle Ditch and Schwartz. So Middle funny. Ditch and Schwartz. I can't say it fast. Uh, live. And it was downtown. Mm. And I saw it with my friend from work. And we had so much fun. We were laughing so hard that we were hitting each other. You know, like when you're next to someone, you just start laughing <laughs> yes. and you hit each other and you push each other. Like we were just pushing each other back and forth the whole night because we were laughing so hard. And it was just so funny because that's amazing. I was like, I'm so glad I have a friend that just like we push each other. It's not like me pushing right. her where you're like, oh my God, stop. She pushed and me her back. her being um, like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But this planner, I saw this because I was like, I have so many stacked up planners that I have like great intentions of writing in. Mm -hmm. But I just picked this up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just remember. Okay, so we we can reminisce really quick. That was when we went to Create and Cultivate. We got like VIP passes to go to the Create and Cultivate event and in LA. LA, We saw Jessica Simpson speak. We saw Anthony. And Anthony, yeah. Yeah. And we got our makeup done. We got our hair done. That was so fun. It was so fun. It was so much fun. So um, I just had to go down memory lane. I use that planner. Like I just, it's just like a little notebook. I used that to take notes in. And now Miles has co-opted it because he is into doodling. Yeah. And remember all the products we got? And then we got yes. like all these stickers. I, I still use that like Kat Von D mascara that they gave us. Oh, great. Uh, that's a year old, Claire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was like, about to say, it tells you how often. I shop for products. I feel like a year is like the mascara limit, right? Okay. I'm going to say, okay, do you, do we have the list of things that people hate? Like the phrases that people hate? Because one of them is, I was today years old when. Remember when you did that post? Yes, I do remember that. And I hate, I was today years old when. I don't like that one. Yeah. But I'm going to say today or recently I found out that on the back of any product that's like a moisturizer or a makeup product, uh-huh. there is on the back a little mini jar with a lid off that looks like it's coming off oh. and it has the, the number on it. That's how many months the product can be good, is good for once you open it. Hot tip. Hot tip. I didn't know that. So if you have any products like a jar of something, a jar of moisturizer, cream, right. et cetera, any cosmetic. look at the back, look at the tiny little jar. I don't know where I saw that somewhere, but it was like, wow, fun fact. I did not know about that. But you can also, fun fact, smell your products. And if they have a weird smell, you should probably throw That's them away. Fair. Yeah. Especially lipsticks. You can smell that right away. Just doesn't smell good. It smells like um, clay. Yeah. It starts to smell like clay. Uh, that's how all my makeup smells. Um, <laughs> you should toss that. I And then we also talked recently about the fact that perfume can go bad. Yeah. Because Brandon yep. has this cologne that he has had since our wedding, which was seven years ago now. No, and he's like, so where is it to date night? And I'm like, oh, no, so yeah, it goes bad. Strong. Yeah. Like I appreciate the nostalgia of it, but I'm like, it doesn't smell the same. Get a new bottle. Yeah. I always, I think there's a, there might be a little jar tip on the back of those too. Just take a look at it and be like, if you it's over know. 24 months and mostly I have not seen one with more than 24 months on it. Mostly yeah. like a year is a good th- time to just go through all your products. So now that we're talking about products, I have to go through some of my products because I'm like, yeah, I'll look at a lipstick and I'm like, that lipstick I used when we did our photo shoot like three years ago, this should probably be tossed. I don't wear lipstick anymore. It's really sad. Well, let's dive into some product recommendations because oh. people asked for some and now okay. we're on the topic already. So let's just <laughs> dive right in. So, okay. This is not a product that I'm going to be using forever, but I was turned on recently to buy my naturopath and I'm sure everybody listening is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're using that. Is It's called New Wash and it's a shampoo that is basically like a non-detergent shampoo. And I was telling my naturopath, I was like, lately my, um, some, one of the symptoms of Graves is like, you're, you can get like really oily skin 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I was noticing like my hair was getting more oily and she's like, oh, you should try this. You know, my, my hairstylist kind of turned me on to it. It doesn't have any detergents. Detergents really strip your hair. I'm sure hairstylists out there are like, yeah, duh. But um, it's it's basically <laughs> like a wash that feels like a conditioner and it's supposed to just not strip your hair of all the oils and you can kind of go more days between washes. And so I ordered it. It's kind of expensive, but I was like, well, I'll give it a try. And I washed my hair. You have to like really scrub your scalp. And I was like, for sure, this is going to make my hair greasy because it literally feels like a conditioner when you're washing your hair. Right. But it's great. And it actually, I didn't have to wash my hair as often last week. Like I felt like it was pretty, it's like more shiny. So I don't think I'm going to commit to like just being that person that like doesn't, because I wash my hair pretty. Right. There's like a whole group of like yeah. no poo. There's, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know if I'm going to go that route because I really like, I like to wash my hair and right. I like to I use like different products. Clean yeah. I just like, so I think mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to incorporate this into my routine and probably do like two or three weeks of just not washing my hair with shampoo and just using the new wash. Because truly you can go for longer in between shampoos. And so we'll see how it goes. I just started using it and it really, I like it a lot. Like I thought my, my hair has not been greasy. It feels really good. It looks really shiny. That's New great. wash. N-E-W wash. I believe the guy who created it was the, he worked for Bumble and Bumble. I believe it's Bumble and Bumble. So, and I really like that brand. So I'm like, hey, I trust, I trust him. I trust that guy. Yeah. Um, I tried to do the like no poo movement. Yeah. We talked about this like years ago, I feel like. And then I also tried to do like the curly girl thing, which my hair is naturally actually pretty like wavy curly very wavy to bordering on curly. Yeah. And I finally just realized that like anything outside of just a conventional shampoo and conditioner is not something that I'm going to spend money on. And like anything outside of just air drying my hair and then maybe zhuzhing it a little bit from there mm-hmm. is not a like commitment I can make. Like the, the, cur- the curly girl method. Right. You would think that like air drying your hair and having these natural curls would be so low maintenance because like there's no pro, you know, there's no tools there's involved. Nothing in it. Yeah. Yeah. It is, is the, the air dry curly girl method just like air dry with nothing in it? No, there's so many products oh, involved. Oh, oh, and it like okay. depends on who you are. I mean, the curly Got girl it. method, like they have a whole line of products, but like basically there were just so, it was just such like a whole thing. Like every time you get in the shower, there's like all this whole process you have to go through and then you get out of the shower. There's like a whole other process. And then you like can't touch your hair and you got to sleep with a thing on your head. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use a freaking curl and iron. I don't care. So I recently started using, oh gosh, now I'm not even going to remember what it is. My hair, my, um, it's like a type of spray from R&Co and it is called. Is it dream catcher? Is it the dream catcher? Do you have to shake it before you use it? Don't you have to shake all sprays before you use them? Well, not this one's like, you really have to shake it to combine it no then that's not it zigzag i think oh it's called. okay uh, that's a that's a dry spray it's not a wet spray uh, zigzag is a dry spray like a dry shampoo that sounds right it is like catcher, kind of like sun catcher dream catcher okay so i have so here are the two that i've used in the past that i like the balloon dry volume spray i love from r and co and it's really really great after a workout if you're working out in the middle of the day and you then like have to j- get right on a meeting it like really helps kind of just lift your roots so that you don't okay. look sweaty even so, if you are sweaty but it doesn't it doesn't like sink into your sweat because that's what i hate about dry shampoo this this is not a dry shampoo oh oh it's, it's not a, a volumizing shampoo. spray volumizing got it yes okay. so it's not a dry shampoo and so like i will use like maybe a little bit of dry shampoo and then i will use this and it lifts up your roots got but it. it's just like a really good refresh like hair sale refresher and it's called I- balloon it's called balloon. And I would use it even if I was going to put my hair back in a ponytail because it uh-huh. keeps you from having that like slicked back slicked sweaty back look. pony. You want like a little bump. You want to bump yeah. it. Or just like you don't want it to look like you literally were just dripping sweat and you like are a greaser. <laughs> Do you remember bumpets? Uh, yes, I 1000% remember bumpets. I never had one. because I did not either. That was like totally Jersey Shore style. Yeah. Which, no. by the way, is make it well. Last year they had a comeback. I did not watch it, but anyway, I so I do use zigzag. Zigzag is like a teasing spray, though. It's yeah, not, I, yeah. Okay, as much as I love R and Co products, I wasn't super impressed with it. Like on my hair, it just didn't do much. Like, it, oh, see, on my hair, it does a lot, and okay. especially now that I have the center part, oh. it like really gives. Maybe like I'm not some, using it right. Like I just yeah. I zhuzh it, but I just don't feel like it gives me like the va voom boom. It doesn't boom. give you the zhuzh that you yeah. need. It's low zhuzh. It's low no, zhuzh. No, I I feel like. It so first of all, I found that it can't be the only product you're using. Like you also have to have like a shine cream or something in there mm. to kind of like, and then I absorb then the you zigzag. Zhuzh. <laughs> yeah. So first you shine, then you zhuzh. <laughs> I am, as you guys know, I'm basically a beauty influencer. First as you I bend. Sit here. First you, you bend, then you snap. Everybody knows. <laughs> 
Okay, speaking of R and Co, I also use the cactus shampoo. Oh, it's, I did. I, yes, that works like very bananas. texturizing. Very texturizing. I don't put if you don't put conditioner in your hair after you can. You're very susceptible, or put not putting your product afterwards and just letting it air dry. You're very susceptible for it to be like really not frizzy. What's the word? What like staticky? Like your hair will just start mm-hmm. like floating up. So I use that. And if I put conditioner in after, if you're not using like the texture, because I only got the shampoo, you have to put in like a teeny tiny bit of just regular conditioner on the ends. So you have like some moisture some there yeah. so that your hair doesn't fly away. But I do like the cactus shampoo because that stuff that's like texturizing makes your hair super, super volumey. And um, my hair's just been like a little bit flatter lately, just this autoimmune stuff too, like affects how thick your hair is. So I feel like that's been helping a lot. But I did get, so I'm a huge fan of the Stryker sisters. I think they're so cute. Like next time we go to LA, I'm totally going to their salon and like buying a bow or something. But they're so cute. And they have a product line through R&Co. So they developed like Suncatcher, Dreamcatcher, and Zigzag. Okay, I didn't realize, I knew that they were like a partner. I didn't realize they actually like did, okay, got it. Yeah, so they created that, those products. Okay, wait, real quick, hot tip. Hot tip. So you said the thing about like, you know, your hair is like doesn't have as much oomph. I used to love desert and I used it all the time. And then when I went through postpartum, if anyone here is listening who's had a kid in like the last two years, you know that like your flyaways are just bananas. Yep. And like I have like crazy bald spots. The cactus shampoo is bad for that. It's bad for that. Yeah. Because it will <laughs> really just accentuate flyaways. the flyaways. Yeah. yeah. So that's when I stopped using it. So if you are someone who is recently um, growing out a bald patch for whatever reason, just that product twice. is not for you. Not for now. <laughs> not for now. Not for now. Yeah. So yeah, R&Co is great. I've been playing around with their products a lot. So if I was to like buy something over again, I do like Dreamcatcher, but I'm having a hard time. Maybe I need to like reach out to the Striker Sisters. Dreamcatcher makes my hair a little greasy. So I'm like maybe doing too much, too little. I don't know if I'm like rubbing it in enough. Um, I, I need to like play around with it a little more. I think I'm not doing the zhuzh quite enough, but you're zhuzhing. Yeah, your zhuzh could yeah, use my zhuzh could use some zhuzhing. But yeah, I'm so I follow the Striker Sisters because Ashley Striker, who's the hairstylist of the three, so they're three sisters. One does brows, one does makeup, one does hair. Super cute salon. They do all the celebs. They're like BFFs with Mandy Moore. <laughs> And aren't they the ones that are like making the like standy up the stand up brows? Yeah, which to me is the most hysterical. I was the first time I saw you that. Know, I was like, am I being trolled? I, no, I could probably do it if like I would actually go and have her do my brows because I'm like I think it'd be great. Why don't you just use a glue stick? No, because like she trims them, so they're not like sticking all the way up. But they you could trim, trim them. Do you have nail clippers? Yeah, I don't want to trim my brows. That scares me. That scares really? me. Really? You never yeah, trimmed your brows? No. Oh, I never. trim my brows all the time. Do you really? You're doing. I wish you could see Claire because like, I have like. <laughs> She's I like am pushing on, her eyebrows up. You look like Charlie like, Chaplin. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I am like descended from the Eugene Levy. I mean, not literally, yeah, you but are. like we have kindred eyebrows. You do. Oh yeah. I have to trim my eyebrows all the time. Otherwise I get like Albert Einstein wires. Oh, yeah. It's not hard. It's not as scary as you think. Although I, the consequences for me messing up my eyebrows are so low mm. because they will grow back within moments Yeah, that I, you know, anytime that I get a bad wax, I'm like, eh, yeah. this will grow back next week. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I had, so like a few years ago, I bought one of those little eyebrow trimmers. It's like literally this big. It looks like a pencil until you like yeah. just trim your eyebrows. I think it was like $5 at Target. And I'll never forget like the first time that I was using it, I like flipped it the wrong way. And so it was, I don't know, the angle that I had it ended up like chopping my eyelashes off. <laughs> Your eyelashes? Yes, because because uh, there's two sides. There was like okay. a tiny side and there was a longer side. So the angle that I was doing my brows like caught my eyelashes. I wasn't like paying oh attention gosh. to the other side and it like chopped my eyelashes Oh, you're off. lucky you didn't like stab yourself in the eye. Jeez. <laughs> Beauty blunders. Okay. Um, any other products that you're loving? I mean, we just went off on R&Co, but truly like the people that I follow for products is the Striker mm-hmm. Sisters. I love Cupcakes and Cashmere. She always does like fun beauty products. Busy Phillips sometimes posts some really cute products. So like I'll follow her, her at times. Busy Phillips stories lately. Oh, I feel like she's, she's like filming for something and sometimes she comes on and it's like drag queen. Oh, she's just so, so much fun. makeup. Yeah. She's, like, she's so filming for makeup. a show that Tina Fey is doing. Oh, cute. It's called Girls 5 Eva and it's about like a girl's punk band or something. That's really funny. I'm really excited to see it. So yeah, I'm like Tina Fey, no big Tina deal. Fey. Just doing a show MVD. in New York City. I love that. Oh, yeah. So she's got like super glam makeup at times. I'm trying to think if there's like anything else. I mean, I'm not a products person really. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think if there's any like snacks or foods that I've been into lately, like different brands. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's one. Okay. So I get a lot of DMs on my personal Instagram about canned fish. And you guys know how I feel about this. But here's what people are saying. They're like, Claire, Joy is going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Claire, I want, and I, like, I want to eat more canned fish. How do I get started? 
you guys are probably thinking, Claire, no one's asked you that. This is like, people have been asking me about my skincare routine and you just want to yep. talk about tinned fish. I don't. People ask me this. So here's what to do. If I know you there's can, a lot of people out there that love it. And that's they, great. It's because it's, and here's it's the thing. It's probably so good for you. It's really good for you. It's high in omega-3s. It's high protein. There's a lot of like zinc and stuff in certain tinned fishes that you can't get a lot of other places very easily. It's cost effective. It lasts forever. Mm-hmm. It's just a great pantry staple if you can learn to love it. So here's what you got to do. Everybody knows tuna fish. Start with how you feel about tuna fish. If you think tuna is too fishy, they go to mackerel. Mackerel is not as fishy as tuna. If you're fine with the fishiness of tuna, go to sardines, but start with bristling sardines. Okay. Bristling sardines are like baby sardines and they're not as fishy and they're more, they're not as bony. You can eat the bones in big, in like full size sardines, but they kind of, sometimes you kind of like crunch them going down. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) So. It's for the, the fans mac- of fish. I'm doing it for the fans of fish. And then also a similar amount of fishiness is canned salmon to tuna. A similar amount of fishiness. Everyone's more familiar with the flavor of salmon, but it is pretty oily in a canned version. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely are going to want to turn it into like a cracker dip the first time you eat it. Then once you feel like pretty good about the fishes, then you can move on to the mollusks. So clams are really, really good canned. I love the Patagonia ones. And there's another company out there called Scout that both Patagonia and Scout are super, super high quality sustainability for all of their fish and canned fish sourcing. And then there's another one that's like an Italian name. And I'm sorry that I'm not going to be able to remember it, but they have really good mussels and it's like a red box. They taste like pretty oceany. Mm-hmm. So like you got to be ready for that. If you're not an into the ocean flavor, then you're not going to like canned mussels. Mm-hmm. If you don't like regular mussels, you're probably not going to like canned mussels yeah. versus like canned fish can be prepared pretty mildly. What are so those round things? The round things that you muscles? can get? What are those round little things that you can eat? A round little thing to eat that's uh, like fish. It's seafood. I got sick on it once. And I You're thinking remember. of scallops. Scallops. Thank you. I don't think those come in a canned version. And no, I, no, also... I just I just thought of like seafood and I was like, I got sick off of scallops so near. Pe- and it's I... easy to get sick off scallops, especially if you make them yourself. They're harder no. to like DIY than you got think. Got them at a restaurant downtown oh, and I wrote that. them and they never wrote me back. <laughs> Travesty. <laughs> And now can't eat canned mussels because of that one time. Scout, the company that I was talking about, also has a canned lobster that I've never tried, but I really want to try it, but it's very expensive. So I have never taken the plunge. Anyway, and and both Patagonia and Scout will will ship to you. So I will also say, I mean, tuna, obviously, salmon and sardines, you can mix it with mayonnaise and it kind of tastes more like a dip. A lot of people don't think about mixing sardines with mayonnaise. You definitely can. Scallops, you cannot. Don't try. But always start eating them on like toast or a cracker or something and just start with a little bite. Don't just like go straight from the can. You're going to freak yourself out. So there you have it, guys. Claire's really good for you. Intro to tinned fish. If you're interested. If not, that's fine. If you're interested, don't eat it. Dip your toe into a can of fish. Can we take a little curve into just acknowledging the amazing inauguration last week? Yes. I mean, everyone saw it. It was amazing. I cried when I started crying when Kamala was not was when she did her oath when she was sworn in. Got super emotional when she was sworn in. And also how cute was Joe Biden when he was like, all right, like after she got sworn in, he's like, yeah, gave her a little cheer. I think the highlight was obviously Amanda Gordon and her amazing poem that just kind of like rocked the world. Amanda Gorman, right? Not Gordon. Oh, sorry. Amanda Gordon. Wait, Amanda Gordon. Gorman. Amanda Gorman. There you go. (laughs) And Gaga was great. I feel like her pin. Her brooch. Her brooch. (laughs) Although I also saw a very, felt really on point tweet that was like, let the Hunger Games begin. And it was her with like her big brooch because it was like, yeah, that is very like Mockingjay. Mm -hmm. It really was. (laughs) You look very like capital people right now. Yeah. I just, I loved her. I I always love a Gaga moment. J-Lo was great. I also, my favorite, probably my favorite tweet from the inauguration and there were a lot, but probably my favorite one was, so many good. I can't believe Mike Pence has seen Gaga live and I haven't. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) so many crunchy old white men seeing Gaga before me. It's just live. It's not fair. No, but I think my favorite moment just from the entertainment standpoint was when J-Lo threw in a let's get loud. That was funny. I was like, really? (laughs) Right now? Okay. (laughs) Really? Should we all stand up? I'm so confused. Not a choice I would have (laughs) made. Let's get loud. Oh my gosh. Anyway, she was great. I feel like she just made a good point. One of our friends made a good point that she must have had some serious vocal coaching because she was really good. Not that she's not a great singer, but you wouldn't expect that precision. Sure, right. She's not known Not a lot of background hoopla. You know, Mm -hmm. she really nailed it. So good job, J-Lo. Loved it. Mm -hmm. It was a big 
big moment. And yeah, I definitely, and I'm not a crier and I definitely cried. Um, okay. This episode, as you guys can tell, is gonna be a little all over the map. We asked you guys for some ideas for content for the next couple episodes. We, you know, some of them are going to be bigger topics than other topics, but we wanted to just get to some of like the quicker ones today. So we're going to start really quickly with a day in the life. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So here's my day. Here's a day in my life. And my days look a little bit different depending on if I can fit in a workout or like how busy my work day is. But that's probably true for everyone. So I'm just going to give you the, the gist. So I am not a morning person and I have tried so many times in my life to be a morning person. But on a normal day, it. I just can't do it. So on a normal day, I just let my kids wake me up. I haven't set an alarm in like five years because the kids wake up first. And so the kids wake up sometime between 6.30 and 7.30. I get up and make the kids. How's Evie's sleep going? It's getting so much better. Oh my gosh. Evie's sleep is getting so much better. So we ended up buying, we, I ended up buying the Big Little Feelings course, which is like a parenting tips. It's two women. One of them's a mom. And then one of them is, I mean, they're both moms. They're best friends. One of them is actually like a child neuroscientist or something. And then the other one, I don't want to say is just a mom, but she's not also there. Sure. Right. It's like you and me. Like we talk about feelings. You're a psychiatrist. I just am someone who has feelings. So I was going to buy the Taking Care of Babies, which first of all, like Taking Care of Babies has gotten like super dramatic now because everyone found out that she donated a bunch of money to the Trump campaign. And she's like a baby sleep influencer. She has like a million point three followers on how Instagram. Did, how did they find out she donated money? Because all the campaign donation records are public. Oh. And, and so like not only did she personally donate, but she donated on behalf of her business, <gasps> which was oh, a bad move. Bad move. I mean... Anyway, I'm anyway. not going to go down that. But yeah. so, but I didn't buy her course. Whatever. This is prior to that information coming out. Sure. I, prior to that, I decided not to buy her course because it's mostly um, for just up to 24 months. And since Evie is like 23.7 months old, I was like, this is not going to be relevant for me. So I bought the other one, which is for kids one through five. And the, the sleeping section is sort of an app. Not an afterthought, but it's only one of like eight units. So at first I was worried like, oh, this isn't going to be enough. But if you're somebody who already has a toddler, let alone also an older kid like we do, I didn't need to start at square one. Like I'd have a lot of sleep experience with like different sleep tactics. Like we did cry it out with Miles. That was fine. We've done like baby wise. We've done a bunch of different things. So I didn't feel like I needed to start at square one. So the big little feelings, I what it their sleep section kind of did for me was like help me reorganize what I already knew and just give me some clear like okay here's what you got to do you got to make a schedule you have to communicate it to your toddler like all day and then you have to just follow through on the schedule and then here's how you're going to do and they cry and it was just very like sort of like putting the pieces back into place that I already knew but helping me just format them where and like make a plan in a time of panic about sleeping like when you're sleep deprived and you're just desperate. Yeah. Even though you know all this stuff, it's really hard to like bring it together yeah. into a cohesive plan. Yeah, that's great. So what we've been doing is, you know, we do dinner and we tell her like, okay, first dinner, then bath, then teeth, then jammies, then sit, which is where we just sit and rock her, yeah. then night night. And when you go, when I, when it's time for night night, I'm going to close your door and I'm not going to come back in. Close the door. She screams three minutes, you know, one minute later, I go back in, say, I love you. Good night. Close the door. Two minutes later, go back in. I love you. Good night. The first night I had to go back in. Right. So, and then at three minutes, you just go back every three minutes for them for the rest of the night. Sure. And, you know, three minutes of a kid screaming feels like an hour. But like, and like if, if I felt like she really had like redlined, I would have pulled the plug. Of course. But the first night it took her about 20 to 25 minutes of sort of a, a variable amount of upsetness before she finally just laid down and went to sleep. Second night, about 10 minutes. Third night, none. Wow. And I was like. Is this all the freaking I had to do this whole damn time? <laughs> I've been sitting in her room for two hours a night for three months. And all I had to do was like explain to her that when night night time comes, I'm not going to come back. I was so mad. <laughs> all you need to do is communicate. Like on the one hand, I was like, thank God this is all it took. But on the other hand, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> all this time, all I had to do was tell her like first jammies, then night night. <laughs> what the F? <sighs> so anyway. Oh my God. Just needs All that to know to what's say. coming. Just needs to know what's coming. You know? Yeah. And then we have a timer. She's now obsessed with the timer. She wants to just set the timer and just watch it. Oh, and she that's says so she cute. calls it Tina. 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 I forget what I was even talking about. Okay, you're, so okay, Evie wakes up. Your, yeah, you're talking about your schedule. <laughs> I derailed you on the sleep thing. I apologize. It's okay. Kids wake up. 
We make breakfast. Maxine, who is our au pair who lives with us, comes upstairs at 8.30. Did she get extended, by the way? Yes, she's extended until the summer. And then we're going to probably try to get another six-month extension so she'll be here until this time next year. So Maxine comes upstairs at 8.30. We sort of like co-parent, I guess you would say, until I go downstairs for work at 9. Sit in my little office from 9 on a perfect day till 11. At 11, I go, I drive to the gym. It takes 25 minutes to get there. I know this is crazy, but I really like my gym. <laughs> and I don't like it. It's a great gym. gym. It's a great gym. And I, I go to CrossFit Roots. I love it there. And I have not uh, loved the closer gyms. And it's also really close to my office. And one day, one day, guys, the office will reopen and I will get to go to my gym. So and it'll only be seven and I'll meet away. you there because one of my offices is so close to your office. Love it. Yeah. Yes. Can't great. wait. It's some it's far off distant future. I go to the gym. I work out from 1130 to 1230. I drive home. Sometimes I'm on a call or doing something in one of those transits. I get home at one. I eat lunch. I work until five. At five, I go upstairs and I start making dinner pretty much immediately. Uh, Maxine is like sort of at that point, we're sort of co-parenting. She stays on the clock until six. At six o'clock, I'm trying to have dinner on the table. We eat dinner. That takes somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes usually. And then we do bath. First bath, then brush teeth, then then jammies, jammies. (laughs) And then Miles goes downstairs and I turn on a movie for him. Mm -hmm. Then I put Evie to bed. So Miles gets a movie that starts at usually around seven. Okay. Because that was the other thing that we realized was like we were trying to put both kids down at the same time. And Miles is five. Like he doesn't need to go to bed at six forty five, seven o'clock at night. Mm-mm. He should be going to bed at like eight, eight thirty. Yeah. You know, and, and especially because he's a later sleeper. And so like he's usually the last one in the house who's awake. And so we were just trying to put him to bed too early. So he goes downstairs and he gets to watch movie. In the summer, that might change because it'll be nice out. Maybe he can go like on a walk with dad or something. But it's January. Put Evie to bed. At that point, I clean. I sit on the kitchen floor for five minutes. And then normally I just go downstairs and finish watching Miles' movie with him. Put him to bed. And then I go to bed. And curate memes. I curate memes throughout the day. Yeah. Really. So that's my day. There's not a lot of free time in there, you may have noticed. Uh, my drive to and from the gym is like, maybe I'll listen to an audiobook if I'm... Right now I'm listening to Leaders Eat Last. It's okay. Mm. And then on the weekends, it's pretty much just parenting the whole time. And then also like, you know, when I'm working, the kids are constantly coming in. You might be able to hear them screaming in the background right now. So it's not like as linear as that, but that's... There you have it. All right, Joy, your turn. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. So I wake up to dogs... Actually, cadet. So cadets on a cadets on a schedule, and she usually gets us up between like one and three to go to the bathroom. It's always going to be that, that that way. She's almost a year one year old, and so it's like whatever. She gets up early. I'm waiting for the day she sleeps the whole night. But so she gets up, and then I usually get up around. She gets me back up around four thirty, five o'clock. So I'm usually up between four thirty and five. Hang out with the dogs for about an hour, and I just puts around. I listen to the daily. I make coffee, feed cadet, and then I go work out either at the gym or I do like a little treadmill walk. Come back, shower, go to work. Work all day. Then I usually come home and walk the dogs. So like during the day, I'll usually take a lunch break and I'm usually walking a dog during lunch. And then I come home at night and I walk dogs. And then I either edit the podcast, depending on what day it is, or we have dinner and then we watch a show. Like Scott and I always pick a show or a movie or something to watch. Or... Scott will play a video game if I want to watch like Bling Empire or some type of reality show that he doesn't want to watch. He loves video games. So he goes plays his video game. That's our life. That's been our life since March of 2020. We don't go anywhere. We don't do anything. (laughs) We walk our dogs outside. We come back home. We watch TV. We go to the grocery store occasionally. We order food in. That's a day in the life of joy. I should add that sometimes Miles goes to school. On Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, he goes to like basically an outdoor playgroup from one to four. Oh, that's nice. At some point. And like, it's really far. It's like 25 minutes away. Why? I don't know. I make bad choices. And so we try so that we try to have it so the same person doesn't drop him off as pick him up because then there's just so much driving for that person. So usually I either I go one direction or the other mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So there you have it. Those we are have very days, exciting days lives. You know, lives. We shouldn't have exciting lives right now. No, it's so true. We're still in a pandemic. Although this time last year, that's pretty much what my life looked like, too, except yeah. that I was at the office working and then I would take a, take a lunch break and go to the gym. And stuff. Yeah. OK. The other thing that we were going to do today. So I was talking via text to Megan, who Megan and Joelle were on a podcast episode that we did back in like April where we were just kind of like interviewing some of our listeners about being on quarantine. And so Megan and Joelle were on and then Tina was on. If you guys want to go 
back and listen to that episode. I don't even know what number it was. And I'm oh not my gosh. It. Yeah. That was but it was so fun. And Megan and Joel also went to Iceland with us and came to Camp Time Out. The point of the story is I was texting Megan. And they're <laughs> and the best. She's the best. They're the best. We were talking about my egg breakfast that I've been making with the oatmeal. Oh, it looks great. It's so good. And if you guys don't follow my personal Instagram, it is quick cook oats made with unsweetened vanilla oat milk or sorry, almond milk. And then you put a soft boiled egg on top. No, it's not weird. Everyone's like, okay, but here's my question. Is the <laughs> is the almond milk too sweet? Unsweetened vanilla almond milk has like almost the exact same flavor as just cooked oat. Yeah. So it really just ev- kind of blends right in. The yep. whole situation is just, it, it's very mild, but yeah. I love it. So we were texting about that. Why not? And she was like, it came up. I said, I used an acronym in texting that she didn't know. And she's like, well, I had a really good time figuring out what the acronym was going to mean. You guys should do a segment on the podcast where people send you like these like random acronyms and like young people speak and you try to figure out what it means in real time. So we are going to do that now. Oh my God. So I'm going to lose. I already feel like I'm 80. And so if we don't know what it is, we're going to just guess what it might mean and then we'll look it up. Okay. Let's start with yeet, yeet. Like Yeezy? I don't know. I think oh my God, I'm already like, losing. I think it means like I think of Kanye. get rid of, go away. I just think of like the yeet, like throw away, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Okay. All right, let's see what it means. Like get? Yeet is an exclamation of excitement, approval, surprise, or all around energy, often an is- often as issued when doing a dance move or throwing something. Oh, yeah. Great. No okay. Idea. Here's the full awesome. Urban Dictionary okay. uh, enter- entry. To discard an item at a high velocity. Okay. 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 The secondary definition is any a word one may scream while propelling an object through the air at alarming speeds. Okay. So that's kind of, so yeah, yeah, those are all just so to throw something with force. Great. Now we know. Cap, no cap. Cap, no cap. Yeah. Can, like, I don't know. Can you use it in a sentence? <sighs> I think he will just like say it. No cap. I don't know. What, like, like, does that mean like grammar? I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so old. Okay. What is it? I don't know. Cap, You're no so, cap. Cap, no cap. It means, guys, <laughs> the expression cap is slang meaning lie or BS. The expression no cap is slang meaning no lie or for real. So if you say no cap, it's like for real. And no cap. cap is like BS. No lie. Why? Okay. I don't know. Okay. okay. Lost number two. Okay. Let's okay. keep going. I love period. Period. Yeah, period. So great. Why? Why? Period. Because sometimes you just need like a period. Period. I love that one. That one just is an emphasized. Okay. Someone said, please tell people that Netflix and chill does not actually mean watching a show in your lounge set. So true. If you guys didn't know that, it means hanging out and having sex. Now you know. Oh, we already did yeet. Snatched? Does it not pertain? Not pertaining to the Olympic lift. Does not. Or does not mean taken. Snatched is the new fleek. It's used to describe anything that looks really good or on point. I love okay. how I'm reading this to- so like Right. Proper. Academically. Um, anything from your eyebrows to your outfit can be snatched. <laughs> if your eyebrows are slaying, they're snatched. If your okay. outfit is slaying, it's snatched. <laughs> Sounds very close to fetch. I like fetch better. Okay. Stan. Stan. Nope. Stan. So I kind of know, like, I could use it in a sentence, like you you can stan a person and I think it, and it like means that you like really like them. An overzealous or obsessive fan of a particular c- celebrity or to be an overzealous or obsessive fan of that particular celebrity. So like if you stan someone, you just love them. I like that one. I wonder where it came from. Stan is slang for someone who is a very zealous fan, especially of a celebrity or music group. Stan can also be a verb for liking something a great deal. Like you can stan something. I stan okay. that. It means like I love it. How about what's what's bet? I looked that up. Bet is in response to a statement. Slang for faux show. Faux show is slang. You can have slang for slang. Slang for faux show, which is slang for for sure, which means sure or okay. So thank you. So bet just means like for sure. For sure. Okay. Got it. Everything is set, my friend. Bet. Yes. Got it. For sure. Ham. Going ham. Does that yeah, mean? go ham. Like going ham on right on ham. <laughs> going ham on anything, just like your means you're going really hard. Yeah. Uh, FOMO. We all know fear of missing out. Great. TLDR. Do you know that one? Oh, I love that one. Too, Too long, long didn't, read. didn't read. That one didn't come up. I didn't learn that one until way later. But I Y K Y K. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Let's see here. All right, we only have a few more left. I feel like I at least I know the acronyms. Somebody says, "P.S. I work with a 23 year old who makes me feel old." every day <laughs> slaps like that slaps like it's good right oh, okay is that what that mm-hmm. means sure okay great ship i think it means like if you ship somebody like you can ship hmm, i'm gonna i'm looking is, it up okay wrong. i think shipping, it's like you can ship two people and like you it means like you want them to be a couple shipping refers to the phenomenon a ship 
is the concept of a fictional couple. To ship a couple means to have an affinity for it in one way or another. A shipper or a fangirl slash boy is somebody significantly involved with such an affinity. A shipping war is when two ships contradict each other. I don't understand this at all. This This is a lot of... but so like you can use it to vert as a verb. He's like, I sh- like ship them. Like you like want them to be together. I only know okay, that from again. Instagram okay. I'm go- now I'm going to urban dictionary. Ship yes. usually two people who you ship, mm-hmm. meaning that you either want them to become an item, kiss or enter into a romantic sexual relationship. Usually when you ship someone, you smile when they interact somehow or become extremely giddy when they do something together. It doesn't. I, that hasn't been. Oh, okay. I like this in a sentence. I totally ship Dean and Castile. Great. <laughs> I ship them. Okay. I don't, okay. You want them, you like them together? You like them, I, you would like them to be together. Okay. Got it. I think that's it. Simp? I feel like this is from from like a, an internet game. Simp. What's that game? The Sims? No, not The Sims. Definitely not. <laughs> Simp is internet slang term used pejoratively for someone who is seen as using excessive sympathy and attention toward another person in order to win their affection. Oh, okay. I like that. Urban Dictionary defines a simp as someone who does way too much for a person they like. Great. Okay, guys. Well, that just made me feel, I'm only that, 33 and then I made me feel know. so old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I know what outfit of the day is. Yeah, OOTD. At least I know what... I'm glad I I knew what yeet meant. That made me feel good. (laughs) Yeet? Yeet. Oh, my goodness. Oh, here's the other one. Sus? That one's the one that's from like a a, a game. Sus. Okay. Isn't it like suspicious? Just a, just short sure. for suspicious? Suspect. Giving the impression that something is questionable or dishonest. Suspicious. Mm. Yeah. Where okay. does this come from? A short term used by Among Us kids. That's the name of the game. Among oh, Us. To describe okay. something or someone suspicious. When someone does something to show that they are a possible imposter. I don't know how Among Us works at mm-hmm. all. But I, don't I did know that Sus was from that. Okay. Thank you guys. For allowing us to uh, have no idea what stuff means. That was very fun. Do you want to give a quick update on JT and Cadet? And then yes. we'll wrap so, it on up. Absolutely. So JT retires this week. For those JT. of you who missed the uh, story that I put, I think I also posted this on Instagram, but JT has been working with me through Canine Companions for Independence. It's a service dog agency that's, that provides uh, service animals free of charge for people who apply for them. Either you are someone who needs a dog Um, a service dog, a service animal, if you have a physical disability or some type of disability where you need an animal present to help you. If you're a parent with a child with a disability that would be beneficial to them, you can have, uh, it's called a skilled companion dog. And then they have a third category called a facility dog. So JT is a facility dog and he's been working with me in behavioral health since 2013. We became a working team in 2013. I can't believe it's been that long. I know. So I remember we started the podcast that year mm-hmm. and I'll never forget, like I went out to California to train with Canine Companions and we had to like record a bunch before I left. And so I think it's just is so funny that I got him right when we started the year we started recording. So over the years, he's been working with me on and off. Like, you know, I worked at the diversion program for the DA's office before I came over to Kaiser. So he's been working in different settings with different groups with different you know types of patients and then when he got sick this fall if you you may or may not recall if you you know follow us on instagram that he had pneumonia in the fall and so he got really sick and then just since then i just started noticing him kind of slowing down a little bit not in the sense that he was like like going downhill but i just like knew in my heart he's just getting Mm -hmm. older you know he just turned nine and by the time our you know offices really opened back up again i just was like he'll be 10 and I don't know if I want to like keep working him that hard as he gets older. The other thing that kind of led me to retire him was the agency, CCI, we recertify every three years. So every three years, they contact you, you have to go through the commands, they have to, you know, um, a trainer will watch you to make sure that you're still a working team and that the dogs still know all their commands. And so they emailed me and they said, hey, JT's certification is up. It's, you know, it it expires the end of January. Um, We'll just schedule you with a trainer to do a video over, you know, Zoom and we'll watch the commands. And I was like, you know what? I need to talk to the graduate office. They have like people who actually talk to graduates and make sure that you're a good working team. And so I talked to the graduate office and I said, this is what I'm noticing with JT. I think it might be time for him to retire. So we had a good conversation. They ran through all the things that you should be looking for when a dog is ready to retire. And they're like, Joy, we're so glad that you called us because normally it's us calling the graduates telling them that it's probably time to retire their dog. And it's actually better for the dog's health to make sure that they're kind of living out their golden years, relaxed and happy and just kind of living as a dog. So we made the decision together and his uh, license, his certification expires this week. And so he'll live the rest of his life with us as a pet dog. And we're going to be just focusing on training cadet. So 
That's the story with Mr. JT. And so a lot of people think that we're going to keep cadet or that cadet's going to like replace JT. And that's not how CCI works. So when you sign up to raise a puppy, you're raising the puppy to then give back to them after they are 16, 17 months and they go to advanced training. Once they go to advanced training, if they pass all the commands and all the benchmarks at advanced training, then they are matched with someone who needs a service animal. So the reason they do that is because you don't know when a dog gets to advanced training, how they're going to emerge, what their personality is going to be like, like how they're going to, you know, what strengths are going to show. So they will evaluate what the strengths are for that certain dog and then match them with the type of person that is applying for the dog. So they do a really good job of matching people with the perfect dogs. So it's going to be hard either way, but someone really, it was really cute. Someone recently DM'd us and she just, I think it was your friend, um, Heather. She was so cute. She was like, asked if we were going to keep Cadet or if Cadet was going to replace JT. And I was like, no, you know, explain to what I just said. And she goes, oh, so either a family wins or the parishes win. I was like, yes, that's a great simple way to put it. Like either a family or, you know, an individual who needs a service animal is going to get her. Or if she doesn't pass training, then we get to keep her like as a pet. So um, win-win. Win-win. Yeah. Yeah. And you have said that you are likely not going to pursue getting another animal that you will work with. Right. Probably not. Only because you know, looking forward in my life, like over the next maybe eight years, really eight to 10 years, because applying for another dog would probably take another year and of itself. I don't know what my career is going to be like for that long. You know, right. I'm probably not going to be doing a lot of therapy moving forward. Like I've been doing a lot of management work in the clinic, which I'm still able to work with JT because we're still around patients and stuff. But I don't know what my job is going to look like 10 years from now. Like back then, I knew that was my path for a long time. So and in a way, it gives you more flexibility too, because you aren't kind of like beholden to this contract uh, to use a dog in a certain way in your job. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So versus somebody who like for them, it's a companion animal where they're exactly, you know, going to need them no matter what they do. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there you have it. There you have it. So how much longer do you have Cadet? She will be with us through the summer. So I want to say her turn-in date that they gave us is August. I'm thinking I'm already like preparing in my mind for July because it's very likely that they will turn in dogs earlier. Hmm. So I'm just thinking like preparing myself for July. But it's going by so fast. I know. She turns one in February, which is like insane. She's crazy. Well, and it's crazy because like, you know, you guys have just been doing it's been you've got her after COVID started. Yeah, right. So like COVID started. She's going to just be like COVID training dog. Like you, none of us will will ever get to hang out with her. I know. And it's just so funny because like she's such a cool dog. And like today we worked on a lot of commands at work and it's just she's just such a cool. Has it been hard though? Like not being able to take her, you know, you can't there like the mall's not open or whatever, like places. Is where there there aren't crowds that she right. can be around? Is yeah. that been a problem? Not really, because we've been around the office a lot and I take her walking in places that are pretty busy, like traffic wise, traffic noise. I think to try the crowd, to make up for that. Yeah, they try to make up for that. And so um with crowds, I think that's a really good point because she won't have that experience of like being around crowds. But I do take her to work a lot and I'll kind of walk her around the clinics. We go over to primary care, we kind of see the nurses and the doctors, and so there's people around her. And I think it's just that's been a good practice for her because she knows how to get into the car, how to get out of the car on her own. She knows the drill of like waiting for me to open the door. So like, there's little things that she's already learning just from going to work with me that I was afraid of the same thing. And probably in a couple months, I'll probably take her to Target or like the grocery store when I don't really have to have anything to go get just to like have practice of taking her into a different store or like a different environment. But like work, it's kind of cool because work already has scenarios that she's going to encounter, like doors that open, like the revolving doors right, that open, elevators, up, elevator or, yeah. stairs, and so there's things that I just kind of walk around and practice with her. But it is going to be different, and this and CCI knows that. You know, CCI sure. knows that they we you know we're in contact with them constantly. We have this blog that we read all the time, and they're like. We know this is really hard during COVID. Just do what you can. Like these dogs are really smart. It's going to be okay. Well, because like I remember you saying that the family that raised JT would like take him to Disneyland constantly. Like yep. she's not going to have anything like that, obviously. No. Yeah. I mean, the family that raised JT lives in Anaheim and they're just the sweetest family. They have like 10 kids and he had a like yearly pass, an annual pass to Disneyland. So he would just go every day and take JT to Disneyland. Amazing. So amazing. Oh, it's the best. They're the best. And their last name is Wolf. And so they call, they're like, you're, I'm a part of the Wolf pack when when I got JT they're like you're How a part cute. of the wolf pack yeah so will you know who gets cadet um yes so CCI here's the thing too I will know but it's also CCI does a very good job and I know why they do this they don't ever want the graduates to feel like they have to keep in touch with the puppy raisers sure yeah and so and and I get that I think it's a 
it's an important practice just because you don't like these people are getting dogs for service. They don't want to have to feel like they have to, you know, they if owe they anything to, to the puppy yeah. raiser. But, but like most people want to know who raised their dog. And for so sure. yeah, you, when you're I graduated, curious, like what were they like as a puppy? Yes, yeah. totally. But there may be some people that they just like need the dog and they, just, or maybe they can't, you know, maybe they can't like verbally talk, to, you know, like those types of things. Right, there's, just other don't ever wanna, there's other communication. So they, yeah. So, I mean, when I got the, like, they give you a little card of like who your puppy raiser was. And then when they have the graduation ceremony, the puppy raisers can come to graduation and then they pass over the leash when they, you know, turn the dog over to the graduate. And it's all like very emotional. Everybody, everybody cries. I don't know if like we'll get that experience this year, but actually we probably will if we, because she probably wouldn't graduate until 2022. So they give you a card of like who the graduate is or who the puppy raisers were. And so of course, like when I met them, I'm like, yeah, we are keeping in touch. So like I text them all the time. I let them know GT was retiring and like, you know, they're just so sweet. They're like the sweetest people ever. That's so cute. Well, there you have a big dog update. Yeah. I mean, I hope whoever she ends up with, if it's not us, I hope they, I definitely hope they keep in touch. It'll and be really I mean, hard. like, is there anything yet? Like if she was having a hard time, like if she wasn't going to meet her like training milestones, if you will, is that something like a red flag that probably already would have started coming up or not necessarily? No, not necessarily. Cause I've had mm-hmm. puppy raiser friends who are like, I will never forget one of my friends, James raised this dog Pilar and she was a hellion and she graduated with this like badass motorcycle guy in a wheelchair that just, I mean it was like the perfect fit because her yeah. personality was just like oh my god that's so Pilar and so it's like hard to tell because I remember when we babysat or we you know dog sat for her and I remember after she left to Scott and I were like oh my god she's a hell like she is she was just like a handful you know right. so it was just, just like, really funny really but she energy. passed and so like well it's I was really hard thinking to tell. the other way around like if she what if she like she's doing really well obviously and she's like learning all her commands and she has a really even like temperament would you be able to tell by now if she was like you know like like, like, Pilara was more like oh my gosh we're surprised she passed right but you're more like I mean from what you know I've seen with you working with cadet like it'd be almost a surprise at this point if something came up where she wasn't gonna pass like does that happen yeah, for sure it happens. And it and it may happen as they get older too. For example, mm-hmm. JT developed a fear of thunder and lightning that just got stronger over the years. So mm-hmm. we just have to work with him and it's fine. And with his nature of work, it doesn't affect his job because, you know, like if we're at work, he usually doesn't react as much as when we're at work than we are at home. I don't know why. But like that developed a little bit stronger. Like we didn't notice it for the first three or four years we had him. And then over mm-hmm. the years, it kind of developed. And so like there's definitely things dogs can develop over time and we just never know when she gets to advanced training right she may all of a sudden be like i don't like statues like you just never know right so, like she only will go in the elevator with joy totally yeah totally. Sure. so like right now the thing that i pick up with her is she's a very headstrong dog and like when she wants something she will tell you mm-hmm. like she will sit there sometimes at work when she's ready to go she'll sit there and look at me and do this like cute little i can't even like mimic it it's this cute little like honk that she does <laughs> It's like a, it sounds like a honk because it's not a growl. It's not a whine. She just like right. pushes the sound out of her. And I'm like, that is cadet being cadet. Like cadet's on a schedule. She's very routine. She loves her routine. <laughs> so that could be a really good thing because she likes structure mm-hmm. and she will react well to training or she'll be like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. So it could go right. like either way. So that's the one thing I noticed about her personality. She's just super headstrong and it works great when you're training with her because she's very determined, but, but she wouldn't like like do well in a flexible if yeah if it goes against her like Mm -hmm. if that's something where she's like I don't want to do this training I don't want to do this I don't like this routine that's where I could see her not doing well but she's a dog I think she'll be fine yeah oh my goodness I like hadn't I mean you probably have learned so much but I really had no idea that so much went into this whole process oh yeah and I think to this day, I mean, we pe- get people who reach out to us and not to say that, you know, again, not trying to like call anybody out, but we get people sure. who reach out to us who are like, hey, I have this puppy and I want to train him to be a service dog or like, hey, I just adopted a rescue and I want to train him to be a service dog. And it's like, yeah, that's not how that works. It's not how it works. Like you can train a dog to have to like do a lot of these behaviors, yeah. but like they're not going to, it's not the same thing as having a certified service dog that has been trained yeah. from birth. Yeah. And I think it'd be important. I haven't watched it yet because I, I have this weird thing. I don't want, I like to watch movies with dogs because I just cry too much so like 
if you watch Pick of the Litter, what I've heard is it's really good about showing people what it's like to train a service animal. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say, people can email me and ask questions if you want. But the one thing I'll say about like, why can't I just train my dog to be a service dog is because you don't know the temperament of what that dog is going to be. From a puppy, yes, train your dog, train your dog. I think it's a good pet parent to train your dog, make it have manners, create your dog, train your dog, blah, blah, blah. Like do all those things. Wonderful. You will have a well-behaved dog. You will be happy. The dog will be happy. The dog likes structure. But you don't know, let's say you just adopt this dog and you're like, I want it to be a service dog. The dog may not like crowds. The dog may not get along with other dogs. The dog may bark at other dogs. The dog may be stressed out when it goes into a story. Like you just don't know these things. So you can't like fit a square peg into a round hole type of scenario, which is why I think it's so great that CCI raises these puppies they go to advanced training, they determine if the dog is, if it's ethical for the dog to be a service animal. Mm-hmm. So they're well, not, like you, you just can said, never like, make. Like a, we were just talking about that, like even after two years of dedicated training, they sometimes still decide like, actually this dog is yep. not, there's something, some weird freak yeah. thing that's not going to make this dog a good fit. Yeah. So like surface sensitivity, like if dogs get surface sensitivity, like JT kind of developed that a little bit in his older years, he doesn't like um, slippery surfaces and that like developed over time. Again, doesn't right. bother our work because we don't need him. But to like be if like you had right to take to him with you everywhere and he had to open the doors for you yeah. in a yeah. right in a hospital with slippery yeah. floors. Slippery yeah. floor. And he'll go like at work, he goes on the slippery floors, but you can just tell he tries to like hurry a little bit. He's like, I don't right. like this. <laughs> so like those types of things, like if dog develops some type of sensitivity or like mm-hmm. starts to have like a, a prey drive, you know, you just never know. So yeah, a lot goes into it. So if you see puppy raisers, just, you know, give them a little wink and a nod because it's, it's a lot of work. We love it. We are, we will, we will always look back on 2020 and be like, that's the year that we got cadet and we raised her, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Instead of being like, yeah, that's the whole pandemic year. Like we just raised the dog for CCI. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Um, we have some, some bigger topics we're going to cover in the coming weeks. Um, we're going to take a break from voice memos. We ended up not getting too many voice memos about superstitions. If you guys are like, but I sent in a voice memo. We just we love you quite, for it. We love you for it. And we listened to them and we loved them and we just didn't quite have enough to make a segment out of it. And that also made us realize like, you know what? We're going to need to take a little break. You guys are kind of feel a little tired of sending in your voice memos. So in the next coming weeks, we're going to be talking a little bit more about reviving some like old kind of girls gone wad themes around body image and around diet culture. A lot of good topics. A lot of great topics. A lot of talking. People always want marriage hacks. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that. We'll continue to talk about politics. Um, You know, I'm I think as we get through Biden's first 100 days, we'll have a lot to talk about yep. and very important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, continuing to give you guys some updates on like climate policy and all that. We're also going to try to get a few more interviews here in the next couple of months. It's been hard with COVID. You know, even though we've always done interviews on Skype, the demand on people for doing digital Any, meetings yeah, is so, so high. They're so tired yeah. that it's like been weirdly hard to get. Even though people are doing more like Zoom and Skype meetings than ever, people don't want any. More. You just have like screen fatigue. You're like, totally I want to be screen on screen fatigue. more. Yeah, totally. So we have so many things coming up in the next couple of months. Um, and we are excited to just kind of like be here to chat with you guys. So send us yeah. anything that you want us to talk about. We always really, really love that because yes, sometimes questions. we get to the point where we're like, what are we going to talk about this week? Yeah. Send us and questions. Send us ideas. Yeah. We love answering questions. So we hope you guys are having a great week and we yeah. will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.